This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Eyes On podcast. Eyes On. Eyes On. Live from the Shorter Children's Reading Festival. Welcome back to the Sharjah Children's Reading Festival. This is Aizan going live from Expo Center Sharjah. And right here with me at the studio, we've got a New York best time selling author and illustrator of children's book, Vashti Harrison. Well, it's great having you here. We're going to be talking about so many things um, today. We're going to be talking about your book because you're an author and illustrator. But um, one of your main books, and now this is one of my favorite ones we're going to be talking about in a bit, and uh, that is um, Hair Love, Gatsue, and Little Dreamers as well. And um, so tell us, how did you go on about being an author, illustrator, and like an animator as well? That's a triple threat. <laughs> um, well, I think whenever I tell kids about my work, I just say, that you know these titles author illustrator filmmaker they can seem really big all it is is that I love telling stories ever mm-hmm. since I was little I love telling stories and I've loved mixing those stories together with pictures so I just try to train myself in as many tools and skills as possible so that I can share stories in the best way possible and these days I mostly share those stories with young people so I want to be able to communicate with them all of these amazing things that exist out there these stories these people in history Um, and it feels so good to be able to do that in this medium that is so personal. A book can be your best friend, a book you can crawl up with at night or on a rainy day or on a, you know, on a sad day and, and a book can be there for you. So I think that you can create a really personal relationship with the characters in your stories and, um, hopefully it works for them. I love that so much. The words you just said just kind of gave me goosebumps because it just felt incredibly warm and it felt like you are giving me a story that should be relatable and also sort of like a little best friend that is always next to me that can keep me going. And that is also what I believe is an important thing for you, which is telling important stories, diverse stories and representation. Can you tell me more about when you decided you wanted to to put these kind of characters and stories out there, especially with Little Dreamers. Yes, yeah, so I have these series of books, um, Little Dreamers, Little Leaders, Little Legends. So they're collections of biographies of incredible people in history, some of them sort of hidden figures, some of them people you may already know. Um, but when I was little, I didn't love history. I didn't love reading about history. Um, <laughs> And as I got older, I found out all of these different stories of people that are so inspiring. Mm-hmm. So as a kid who loved storytelling and art, I didn't know that there were all these different ways to be an artist. I didn't know about filmmakers and photographers and sculptors. So I thought, what would have happened if I had learned about those those incredible people when I was, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tried to create these books in a really thoughtful and meaningful way and also in a really sweet and pretty and inviting way because maybe kids like me who weren't so interested in history would be, uh, you know, at least excited to look at the pictures and the colors. Peak their um, curiosity, Absolutely. Basically. And I love that, that you're basically answering a question or an issue that you had when you were younger, sort of making sure that that does not repeat itself in the future. Yeah, I think that's what storytelling is. Even though my books are biographies, I don't think of myself as a biographer. I think of mm-hmm. myself as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And storytelling is often about um 
capturing our histories and preserving them for the next generation. So yeah. I'm thinking about what would have been super helpful for me as a young person. Um, you know, many authors and illustrators try to um, approach creating from either the perspective of an adult um, working with kids, that's maybe maybe the perspective of a teacher or a parent. I try to stay in touch with the part of me that's still a little kid. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, oh man, I would have loved to read books about kids going on adventures and what would have been so cool to have in my room as a kid. So I get to do all of that through my illustration and through the books that I write. Talk to us about Hair Love because Personally, I was very excited about that project when it was announced. Well, it was kickstarted on Twitter, and I was on Twitter around that time. I remember mm -hmm. seeing it retweeted all over my feed. And now Matthew Cherry became a big voice, an advocate for um, black kids and just African-Americans in the States and whatnot, and just mm -hmm. also anybody who can relate to that story. So tell us about that journey. Yeah, so the story for Hair Love began as an idea for an animated film and, and Matthew launched that Kickstarter and was able to share it with lots of people and that is probably what made the most difference, being able to connect directly with the people who were hungry for stories about, mm -hmm. um, about having black hair, about being a parent, about being a black kid. Um, and so, Fortunately, through that process, we were able to um, turn it into a children's book, and I did the illustrations for the book, and I did the initial character designs for the short film. Um, what's really sweet about that book is, if you read it, it's just about a special moment between mm -hmm. a parent and a kid. So you don't have to have hair, you don't have to be a kid, you don't have to be a parent to, mm -hmm. to understand that sometimes we do special things for each other. And so that's my favorite thing about that book, is it is just about being kind to each other and, and do the things we do for the people we care about. That's an important message, incredibly important message. And I love the fact that even though it is about one segment of society, it is for everybody. Absolutely. And tell us about Lupita Nyong'o as well, because mm -hmm. you collaborated with her on another book. Yes, so this other book I illustrated is called Sulwe, was written by Lupita Nyong'o. It's a very um, special, um, sweet book, but also covers some, some dark topics about you know, Lupita's journey towards loving herself, about mm -hmm. self-love, and learning to love her, the skin she was born in. Um, and the character in the book goes through that same journey of discovery, although it's a little bit more magical. Mm -hmm. So what was really important for me in doing the illustrations for that book was making sure it felt like it was fun for the kid mm -hmm. reader. Um, so there's nothing that I want more than a kid to be excited about reading, to, to be excited to turn the page, to want to know what's going to happen next. So even though we do cover some kind of heavier subjects, um, Lupita talked about it so thoughtfully in her work that I, in her words that I wanted the illustrations to be able to to match that, so it could feel. Um, weighty and thoughtful but also still feel fun for that young person because um, there's a famous quote by um, an educator in the States, Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop. She said that mm -hmm. books can be windows, mirrors, or sliding glass doors. Wow. So mirrors help us see a reflection of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Windows let us see outside of our world into another world. Mm -hmm. And sliding glass doors let us step outside of our own world into another person's experience. So I really want the books to function on all of those levels. So for the people who need to see, need a mirror, 
a reflection of themselves and see that in Sulwe, I hope that is for them. Um, but I also hope for the folks that maybe don't see themselves in that story can look outside of their own experience and learn about someone else's. And, and when we can all do that, um, we can create a more kind and empathetic society. And at the end of the day, um, it's a really sweet, fun book that <laughs> allows kids to go on adventures and, and think up amazing things. So that's always, always important. I love that quote so much. And it's giving me a different perspective or a simplified perspective of how to look at books. And with that in mind, as you as Vashti, when you are writing a book or illustrating it or just thinking of a project, a story you want to tell, did you feel like there was some sort of pushback or people telling you maybe some people are not interested in those stories and how do you overcome this kind of thing? Because even though I'm fully aware and everybody's fully aware that there are a lot more opportunities now when it comes to diverse stories, people are more open with sharing and people are less likely to push back, but that still exists that people will tell you, who cares? Who wants to hear about this? For sure, I know exactly what you're talking about. I feel very fortunate that I entered um, the children's book world after a long battle for mm. um, for diverse books. In fact, there's um, an organization called We Need Diverse Books, and there are incredible authors and illustrators who have been paving the way for a long time for me. And I was fortunate to get to know a lot of them very quickly. Um, there are still a few things here and there. Um, sometimes you don't even know to question them. So one simple example is in one of the books I write, um, Little Leaders, Bold Women in Black History. I think without thinking about it, I capitalized the B in black because that just felt right when I was writing it mm -hmm. because black is a, an experience in, in the United States mm -hmm. um, and it is a people. Um, and my editor said that that wasn't formally correct. Mm -hmm. And in the end, we changed it because the world is changing yeah. and so you know when we think about the rules that we were following they were old rules so those are those are the kinds of things it, it's not necessarily a pushback but it requires all of us to kind of rethink why why we didn't make room for that kind of thing in the past um, so it is a constant challenge to make sure we're um, creating spaces for people people to be able to tell their stories and for their stories to be on equal footing as mm -hmm. as the things that we grow up reading um, one thing that was really important for me was um, I wanted these books to feel like as sweet and special so much that they could sit on the same shelf as the classics mm -hmm. next to Winnie the Pooh or next to Madeline um, because at the end of the day they're just they're children's stories they're for young readers um, and so when we separate them in the bookshop or when we se separate them on the bookshelf um, we end up separating them in our minds. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think we all have work to do. I have plenty of work to do. Um, so I just try to keep challenging um, why I think things and why we're saying yes and no to things like that. You're basically helping paving the way for future authors and illustrators in the future, and also filmmakers, just creatives and people who similarly want to tell stories. You're just kind of giving them an opportunity and sort of a green flag that, hey, I managed to do it. You guys managed to kind of going to manage to as well sure. and with that in mind as well what do you have in the future in mind in the future when it comes to well any of your projects whether <laughs> it's an illustration animation or writing books yeah i have a lot of things cooking um some things on the back burner and some things cooking up right now mm -hmm. so a book that I just finished illustrating called Hello Star just got released mm -hmm. um, and that one's a really sweet, thought, um, meaningful book about a young girl who grows up to become an astronaut but it's really about empathy, about understanding um, and 
caring for for other creatures and other people around the world. Um, another book, super sweet, I illustrated is called I Love You Like Yellow. It's kind of like a bedtime book, and that one was really nice because it was just about these special moments between different mm -hmm. families, and I got to kind of use my own family as inspiration, look at family members and friends for inspiration, and um, I'm also working on a few kind of animated things here and there that I can't talk about, but um, I like to keep uh, my brain active and my hand active, so I'm constantly working on lots of different things. I love that so much, especially the title of the book, Love mm. You Like Yellow. So, so sweet. So sweet. And it's just, it actually doesn't evoke emotions just by reading yeah. the title. It's oh, very and that creative. one is written by Andrea Beatty, and you guys might know her from writing Ada Twist Scientist and Rosie Revere Engineer. She's mm -hmm. so great at writing these rhyming stories, and uh, it, it gets me teary every single time I read it. It sounds incredibly exciting, and I cannot wait to see it around <laughs> for all the kids to enjoy it. Maybe I can enjoy it as well, because like you said, those books, even though they're catered for children, but the stories, the everything all about them is for everybody. Absolutely. Is, so with that in mind as well, um, writing for kids. Now, I know you said you wanted to write for yourself, but like for example, I'm talking about from personal experience, I've always said when I was younger, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> I will write a book. But I wanted to write for my teenage self. I want to write a young adult book. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people also prefer young adult. Not saying prefer, but, you know, would rather go for maybe something for adults or young yeah. adults. I feel like even though writing for kids is straightforward, but I feel like it's still a different genre, a very different experience. What made you go for it? Yeah, that's, that's a very important point because you know adult books are so popular YA is so popular mm -hmm. and when you're a kid all you want to do is be a little bit older so yeah. one thing that happens is you'll have little younger kids trying to read up and so they'll move on to middle grade and then move on to YA mm -hmm. and, and here I am trying to say no keep keep reading the picture books um, but what I think is so important about that genre is they're the most important people in the world they're True. the people who have the best ideas and asking the best questions mm -hmm. so I just want to be able to be there to nourish them with that creativity if they need it, if they want it, um, and, and make sure that the information and the stories and those reflections, those windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors are there for them in the most you know, informative part of parts of their lives. That's, that's incredibly important. That's an important um, let's say point that we might have forgotten about. <laughs> I love that so much. And what about your participation right here at the Sharjah Children's Reading Festival? You said you visited some schools today. Yes, I got up this morning and went to a school um, and did a, an event for about 25 students. And um, the kids were so good. They, I, I did a, a workshop and shared them um, the story of Hello Star, and then we did some drawing together, mm -hmm. and everyone got their pencils out. Um, and there were a few people who said that they were artists, and other people who said that no, they didn't know if they could draw. And so I try to break it down into, you know, every artist makes mistakes, and that yeah. is very important because making mistakes leads to lots of different things that you never thought you knew were going to happen on your page. Mm -hmm. um, so we made some messy drawings, we made some clean drawings, and we just try to break down complicated things into simple shapes. Um, and the drawings came out so good. I was so proud of them. I think um, and when you give uh, kids these tools for how to draw they make the most amazing things out of them and so hopefully hopefully they can take those tools and um, make more drawings in the future well you definitely inspired them most likely <laughs> I mean 
when you see somebody who is doing the exact same things you want to do when you grow up, that usually is a good kickstart to that passion within you. And more often than not, what happens is that sometime around when you turn become a teenager, that passion kind of slowly dies down or dims down. Or there might be... Or it kind of narrows. Or narrows. That's actually a very interesting outlook, actually. But what usually happens, sometimes, unfortunately, some adults might just dampen that flame or just put it out completely. So if you're talking right now to whether it's somebody who's young or somebody who's an adult who's interested in becoming an illustrator or a filmmaker or maybe all, mm-hmm. all of the above, just like you did, what can you tell them? How do they bring back that passion or keep that passion afloat? Yeah, I think what's important to know is that if you make art, you are an artist. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a full-time job working in an art studio painting giant canvases to be an artist. There are Mm -hmm. many different ways to make art. And you don't have to sell it or share it with anyone. As long as you make it, that makes you an artist. And I think that that's what's most important. That's one thing that I didn't know when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I I didn't think that I could be that person. And turns out, I don't have to be. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing that's really important for me when I wrote these books, Little Leaders, You know, I wanted to fill them with these very diverse stories, people from many different fields of study because of that question that Mm -hmm. we adults ask many kids probably way too early. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I don't think anyone has to have an answer for that. Mm -hmm. I changed my mind a bunch of times. If Mm -hmm. you had asked me when I was 18, I probably would have told you lawyer. And then when I was 19, probably art historian. And Mm -hmm. then when I was 20, something else entirely. I absolutely had no idea that one day I would be working in children's books. So I want to be able to kind of arm kids with all of that knowledge of Mm -hmm. all the opportunities that exist for them so that when they are ready to make those choices, they'll already know about all of those incredible people and opportunities. And for myself, I never had children's book authors come to visit me at my school in my small town. and I never got to visit something so grand and beautiful as the Sharjah Children's Reading Festival. And it's just, it's so incredible to me. I, I just keep wondering, what would I have thought about all of this when I was a little kid? I think it's so important to be able to showcase all of these different books and stories and and people who make, cre- make creativity their job. Um, so I feel so proud to be able to be here and, and share this with young people. Well, it's an honor to have you here as a guest and also as a guest right here on Eyes On and Pulse 95. It was so exciting <laughs> to talk to you, Vashti, and we learned so much. And you're basically like a role model to all kids everywhere where, like you said, if you ever need that push, you can always look at all these people who are before you and ahead of you and just mm-hmm. learn from them and use them as a sort of a comforting thing to continue on with your journey. Thank you so much once again for joining us here. It's an honor having you here. Thank you so much for having me. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 4 p.m.